0: I go for them young men. Woo, <laughs> they keep me frisky. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Jonathan, too. I never was so happy to see Jonathan in my life till yesterday. <laughs> I want to say good evening to each and every one. My name is Liz. My anonymity is shot to hell. <laughs> but I don't run around telling who's an AA and who's not an AA. That's something I like I want to take this opportunity to thank every single one of you that are here this evening. You light up my life. You are the ones that have given me hope to carry on in this new life. This has been a reunion for me. I'm meeting people this weekend that I haven't seen in 20 years, 30 years, and whatever. But it's been so beautiful. I want to thank the committee, Liz, and all for inviting me back again. I do try to carry a message. I am very serious about alcoholics anonymous. And the gentleman that he was talking about was Bill Wilson, the co-founder of AA. I had the honor and privilege of speaking for his twenty-eighth anniversary and twenty seven hundred people that night. And Bill presented me with the big book. That's why I can scream at the girl who got the book. Don't read this. Read it. Use it. Live by it. Bill wrote in that book to me, Dearest Liz, you are a magnificent demonstration of all that is alcoholic in Affectionately yours, Bill. My pages are turning brown, but that's <laughs> all <laughs> right. It's still my book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my book.
0: Because he wrote that in 1950. I had 10 years of writing I got 55 votes over the this week, and I've to do it that. Now they do it so completely different. I'm glad I made it when I did. Uh, I came into AA at the age of 31. And now I'm 82. And a swinging <laughs> AA. Yeah, I had to go get a license to show you how old I was. They didn't believe me. But I came in July the 11th, 1952. And I've been here ever since. And I don't plan to go anywhere. My granddaughter said to me the other day, Oh, sir, 50 years and you're still making them meetings. I said, see you, baby. <laughs> and walk right out the door. Don't explain what I'm doing. <laughs> I cannot tell her, but I can tell you, I am not cured. Alcoholism is still going on inside of me. I will never be cured. And thank God I know I live just for today. Just for today. And then I had to grow into the awareness oh, of now. What I'm doing right now is the most important thing to my life. Just trying to give it away to keep it. And give it away to keep it. And to receive the blessing. And as you can see, I I live by this a miracle. I am a miracle in this fellowship. I've been through hell and back, and I still stay. I don't tell you keep coming back. I say stay. Stay. Stay through it all, because it does pass. And I know it passes. It gets better. It gets so good it scares the hell out of you. And I notice that most of you don't know how to handle that good. You blow it every time. <laughs> Jesus, please say, Attitude plus gratitude will equal your recovery. Find one thing a day to be grateful for, but it's just getting up and saying good morning instead of oh my god, it's another morning. I used to hate to see another day. I'm gonna start now because here I, I get off the tangent. I hope I've thanked everybody who's been so beautiful with me this weekend. I'm not going to start names. and speakers but just You all, where's this John? Man, where's John? Raise your hand, John. God love you, because I do. I do. Thank you. You see, you gave me an insurance policy that I had to stay sober and well to be here. I can't go nowhere if I'm sick, John. i got to stay home I had, three years ago, I had a stroke. And and uh, I went in a coma even, and I had to get my granddaughter and my daughter to call all the bookings. I'm booked right now into O4 like crazy. There's not enough of me to go around. <laughs> uh, and I've been turning some down, which I've never done in my whole life. I've never said no to anyone who asked anything of me. I was taught that. I was taught we do not say no. We can do together what I can never do alone. So you are my life. You are my life. I'm 82. And you're my life. You've given me life. And I told him I'd been cornering before. I said I can be home all so down and low. And the minute I get up and get to a meeting and I meet these young dudes, I come alive. <laughs> I just come alive. That's how I fell in love with this Jonathan yesterday. I, and I had to back up off him because I said, I was fighting this kid to death. <laughs> I had to back up off Jonathan, but I, you know I love him. Look at him. Ooh. Lord have mercy. Uh, I'll
1: tell you,
0: Jonathan, look. But here again, there was a minister preacher. He said, if you drink alcohol, you're doomed to die. And the little old lady down front, she said, hey, amen. He said, now if you smoke those cigarettes, you're doomed to die. And the little old lady said, hey, amen. He said, if you chew tobacco, she said, look at that. He done stopped preaching and going to medicine.
1: <laughs> That's the one I got
0: on you just now. Really cool. You know, we don't like we hate the truth. But Liz is one to tell you if you can face the truth, you'll be set free. And it's so nice to be free, free at last. Thank God Almighty, oh, I'm free at last. You know, Martin Luther King went to the top of the mountain. Liz has been through the mountain. I've been right on through it. It really has. I picked up my first drink at 12 years old. Stone alcoholic. Don't ask me about no social drinking. I don't. Know, I don't know about crossing any lines. I've seen a hell of a lot of lines, <laughs> and I, I remember so clearly that when I'd get home, I'd look at my ceiling right away to see if it was my ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it was mine. Sometimes, sometimes I don't. honest about that. And so here again, my mom made rice wine out of ingredients from the welfare. And she made it in large crockery. She left myself and a little girl named Marion to sieve this rice wine to cheese Now Marion sieved and sipped two drinks and she went home. Honey I sieved and I sipped. I sieved and I sipped I'm only twelve years old, Ben and I'm sieving and sipping. And I sipped and sipped, and I put on a drunk. I listened to my mom lecture me all night long. I had the nerve to go out in the street the next day and shake my little self and tell my friends, "Whoo, what a ball I had! I don't even remember what the hell happened." (laughs) And that began to be the pattern of my life. Now don't you take a drink like this in front of me and sip it for 20 minutes. You got on my nerves. I had to get away from you fast, or you get away from me either one, because I couldn't take that sipping it for 20 minutes. Couldn't take it. And I'm watching me now, where I have to have a drink. I have to have a drink. At 12 years old. And here again, I began to sell King Kong booze, and I want you to believe it was King Kong. It knocked you down. And we could hardly stand up behind it, but I was selling it for 40 cents a cream dishes. Now, someone suggested that I take mayonnaise, olive oil, butter, cream. Line yourself up, Liz, so that you can drink plenty and make good money. Well, I took the mayonnaise, the olive oil, the butter, the cream. That King Kong was so powerful, it went all through the mayonnaise, the olive oil, the butter, oil, the cream. So I stopped taking that dish I drank plenty of liquor, I made good money, and I had to be passed, locked into a side room for my protection. Now, I'm laying out the window one night, and I see this sharp dude floor. It was so sharp, I almost fell out the window. <laughs> but I saw this roll of money. I said, woo, there's a live one. I was always looking for a live one. Now, you know that. Now, I look for the live ones in AA, too. I don't look for no deadhead. Can't deal with the deadheads. Oh, dog, baby. Mm-mm, live one. I went running downstairs and I latched onto Mr. Bailey. <laughs> Cutest thing. Had this roll of money. Five dollar bill around a lot of ones.
1: <laughs>
0: but who cared? He's cute. So I started uptown Manhattan. Oh, I went down to the lower east side. I gave everybody a play down there so they could come up and give me a play. Now you cannot tell me I'm not a woman at 14 because I'm drinking, I'm partying, I'm hanging out. So I asked my mother if she would find me to marry him. He's 10 years older than myself. And she said, Oh, no, dear. Oh, my dead body. She said, That man will have you out in the street and you'll live a terrible life with him. She should have shut her mouth because the more she told me I couldn't have him, the more I was going to show her I was going to get him. And Mama Mary, that's what I did. I got him. And he had to cry. He cried through the whole wedding ceremony.
1: <laughs>
0: and he never stopped crying until he went home with the Lord. Because <laughs> that was a sorry day for that man when he said, I do, to live Oh, God. I came back to New York with the marriage license. And I'm saying, no more mama, no more neighbors. I'm going to take over New York now because i got a marriage license. Now, I'm 82. Could you picture when I was 17? Woo!
1: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Woo. I'm going
0: to tear up New York. I got here and I had to have a drink to wash the iron to cook. I saw that when Mr. Bailey would be coming home. I'd be going out to do it. He said, where are you going to get a quart of milk? I'd come back a week later, maybe two weeks later. Or whenever I could get back, I got back. I'm telling you, that poor man didn't know for nothing. I told the girl today who is she is. with this the shirt. Mr. Bailey was a warrior girl, and I didn't have to work. I've had every material thing any woman on this earth would want. It never got me sober, and it never kept me sober. So, you can get into that material stuff all you want. It won't help. It won't help. So, what happened? He made me the most gorgeous leopard coat you ever laid your eyes on. He threw a party for the job. He brought that coat home and threw it out on the bed. And I looked at that coat and I hated it. I gave it away. I said he made it so he could spot me anywhere.
1: And, you know, I had
0: to get sober to want that coat, and I had to get sober to see how sick I was. You never know how sick you are until you get sober. If you stay in the sauce, the sauce don't let you see it. And so here again, I have three, four children by Mr. Bailey. I was thinking that children would help me stop drinking. No. (laughs) My children were given to neighbors all the time today take my daughter to watch her kids so my daughter don't get in trouble. But I was the one getting in trouble because I didn't have the children. And so, again, I kept drinking. Now, one morning I woke up with my head coming off my body. I took out the sulfur. I took anison. I took three I put a raw egg in the beer. I did everything to straighten my head out, and I couldn't. I reached over on the night table and took the Bible. I figured maybe I'll find the answer in the Bible. Mr. Bailey passed in my room. Now you hear me say my room because you can't sleep with me anymore. The booze is just pouring out of, me, out of my porch. I'm going to can't sleep. And so he looked in and he said, Put that Bible down, you hypocrite. In 20 minutes to an hour, you'll be so drunk slapping one of these kids down. Hop in a cab or swing in a corner. I didn't want to hear his mouth. I had told Mr. Bailey many times, When I'm on a drunk, shut up and when I'm coming off a drunk, shut up. I didn't want to hear him either way, baby. And he kept his mouth going that day. I literally jumped up out of that bed and I jumped up in the second floor window. And just as I'm getting ready to throw my body down into the yard, is a lady named Nana back that lived downstairs, and she spots me standing up in this window. She starts to screaming, "Mr. Bailey, Mr. Bailey, you better get her. She's gonna jump." He comes out the next window. He worked with his hands. He talked with his hands, and he says, "Nana," and you kids excuse friend He says, "Will you let that bitch jump?" He says, you know I'll be rid of all my problems and all my troubles. Please let that bitch jump. Well, so I looked over at him. I wanted to know who the hell did he think he was. <laughs> I guarantee you I got down out of that window. I got back into that bed, and I pulled the sheet over me and slipped that one off. If he had to shut his mouth, I'd have been gone. See what I mean? But he kept his mouth going. So, of course, I'm going down. Mr. Bailey was not an alcoholic. I said, there may be if you drank with me. Haven't you not alcoholic heard that? I wouldn't want to drink so much in Rome. But I'm a Roman now. Once I pick up a drink, I get out of that house. I got to drink in peace. Not with your eyes at me and silent treatment and your mouth going. So I said, he tried to drink with me. Took me into the city one night. I live in Long Island. And I started from this end of the bar, and I went down to that end, and I went back, and I'm drunk as a fool. My sister owned this bar, and she used to say to me when I got drunk over there by myself, even get on the horse! That meant get out of her place, but bad. She didn't want my drunken self in there. And I used to try to get up that hundred and forty fifth street hill, drunk as a fool. Get on the subway and try to sit like a lady, you know. <laughs> go out to the house that he bought and all the houses look alike. I don't know which one is my house. I don't want my new neighbors to see what a drunk I am. And I'm out there going crazy because I don't know which is my house. I spotted a Christmas tree. I said, I'll try the house next to the Christmas tree. It was my house. I went the next door to the man. I said, never cut that damn tree down, please. I wouldn't know how to get in my house if that tree was dead. I kept watching me go down. I'm falling down basement steps, busting my ribs, putting my hands through window plate glasses, cutting myself up. Every time you looked at me, I had a new patch, some say so, being beaten to a pulp because my mouth is bad. All my mouth was bad. And I'm watching me go down. Don't know what. On my knees to Mr. Bailey all the time. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to live like this. And he would tell you in 20 minutes to an hour, I'd go off. Liz, why did you go back to drinking? Well, three weeks ago, you said so and so to me. And I used that to get drunk that particular day. But I could come up with excuses, baby. <coughs> Woo! Rattle them off mile a minute. Why I was staying so drunk. And I remember telling you and the world, I drank the loneliness. I cried for loneliness all my life. My dad was a pitiful alcoholic. I used to watch the policemen beat my dad. I'd watch the neighbors hitting with frying pans. I watched the blood spatter constantly. I lived in front of Mother Cabrina Hospital. I watched my dad come out of that hospital many times wrapped like a mummy i grieved about it. I'd lay out the window and play chicky for my mother coming to get my drunken father up off the floor because she would call the cops every time. And so I thank God that I was in AA when he hung himself. I thank God because I think if I had been drinking, I would have used him to try to drink myself to death. I would have, but I was in evil. And here comes my mother, whom I've never seen take a drink in my life. And many years of my AA, I've been hoping and wishing I could give her two lousy drinks and bring her to hell here. Because she could use the whole 12 steps and the 12 traditions, everything. My mom died 16 years ago, three days short of 95. So she had a good life, thank God. Here again, I keep watching myself go down, go down. And of course now, Mr. Bailey came to me one day, and he said to me, you know, you're the nicest wife when you're sober. Drunk, you're a gentleman and a liar. Why don't you try this AA? Oh, Lord have mercy, I laid that man soul to rest. <laughs> I cursed him right down. You know what I told him to do with AA too, don't you? And I told him what to do with it. And you know what was nice about it? He walked away from me. And he never mentions AA again. Because if he had a beat me with AA, I'd have never made it. My nature wouldn't let me make it. That's why AA say we attract you, we don't promote you. And I stand up in Brooklyn a few months ago and I, said, and if you see what I got and you what what I got and some guy winked at me. <laughs> I said, man, I ain't talking about that stuff. Let me reverse this thing. Let me re-change it around here somewhere. But you see, thank God he did not feed me with A.A. I never made it. And so I drank for another eight to ten months after we left that seat. I'm going to inject this in here right now. Anytime you go to an A.A. meeting, I don't care who you are, you will never, never Drink and drug and peace again. Because you have walked into the solution for your life. And don't complain about a lousy hour at a meeting. I didn't complain when I was sitting on that bar stool and in them booths drunk. How many hours had I lost? Waking up in basements and abandoned buildings. Mr. Bailey bought me two beautiful homes. Where was I sleeping? On Liberty Park bench. That's where I lived, With the booze put me there. I couldn't go home. You know why? The guilt and the remorse would kill me over and over again. Over again. And people used to pull me up on the carpet. Why do you drink the way you do? Why do you act the way you do? And like I said, I had excuses. I had excuses. But I didn't know anything about alcoholism. I never heard that word. All I knew was what we chipping in for, man. And what we you going to drink today? That's all I knew. I didn't know anything else when I got here. Never heard sobriety. What's that? Never heard about that out there. What are we drinking? What are we chipping in? And I was drinking everywhere that there was a drink. One day a girl invited me around to her house, and I drank and ate up her husband's dinner. And as I'm getting ready to come home, she said, you know, you ate my husband's dinner. I said, well, I'll fry your chicken and hand it over the fence. Girls, don't you ever fry a frozen chicken truck.
1: <laughs> please." Don't.
0: I knocked the grease over and burned up both of my legs. Had to go to the hospital every day to have them treated. Don't fry a frozen, drunk frozen chicken See? And here I'm watching me go down. I'm watching me go down. And finally what happened one day, a lady was coming to sell some insurance for the house. I'm now drinking with the guys at the BFW Hall on 110th and Merrick Road. Hard two-fist drinkers. That's who I loved. Right there with them. And one of them called me up on the phone. And I heard his voice and I banged the phone down. He called me back the second time. I said, man, don't bug me. I'm expecting a lady to come here. I haven't seen her since I'm eight years old. I really want to see her, because I know me now. I know once I go out there and I pick up that one drink, I'm gone. I don't know where I'm waking up. What's happening? And I think you're lying on me when you tell me I did this and I did that. I couldn't have done that. Got sober, no, you weren't lying on me. And so I went to the store and I came back. He called me the third time. He said, Liz, hop a cab. I'll introduce you to the people. I'll put you in your cab, and I'll send you back to your company. I figured, let me do this, because he's going to drive me up a wall today. He's not going to let me stay in here. And I got in the cab, and I went over there, and the booze started lining up. The jukeboxes going, and I'm singing, you always hurt the one you don't. <laughs> the one you don't want to hurt. Oh, give me another drink. <laughs> have another drink. Smile if you're happy. Give me another drink. I told you I'm 82 and I haven't seen that lady till yet. (laughs) I forgot what the lady looks like. I woke up in one of my son's twin beds. Now please don't ask me how I got in that twin bed because I can't tell you. I really don't. I really don't. And at the foot of this bed stood my mom and Mr. Bailey. And my mom's got her head just going, and she's screaming to the rooftop, somebody done done something to her. Somebody done done something to her, and Mr. Bailey got his head going, and he's saying, no, Mom, no, Mom, nobody's done anything to her. She happens to be a very sick girl. Well, my name was Bitch, so when he said, girl, something went all over me. I got up out that bed, and I went to the basement of the house. Stayed in the basement for two days, praying to die. I wanted out. I wanted out. And I looked at my oldest son, who was 12 years old at the time, sitting there with a book. I said, Richard, I can't live like this. This is not the way I want to live. I'm going to go up on the Long Island Railroad. And I'm going to jump in front of a train. And I'm just going to end it all. And I started to screaming like I've never screamed in my life. And the big book tells you this. He could and he would if he slept. And I cried, oh God, oh God, please help me. I was down. And God answered me. He said, try this AA that your father has told me about. They didn't have anyone to send me at that time, but I got myself together, and I used to go to the beauty parlor and have my hair done so nice, and I'd get drunk, and the booze would go right to my head, and I had afro way before afro came in. And that beautician used to be so mad at me because she would fix me so nice, and oh, forget it. And here again. I went into the Manhattan, 28th of Lexington, where the group was at the time. I tried to get up that flight of stairs. And I got in the middle of the landing, and I said, Oh, the hell with this? Let me go get me a drink. And as I went to turn, that's where it began. The woman looked down the stairs at me, and she said, Are you having trouble? I said, Yes, ma'am. I was having trouble getting up that flight of stairs. I ran up to her. She sat me down in the front office, and she started to tell me about herself. And, oh, my God, who talks about themselves like this? You know, my mother said you put it in a closet, under a rug, in a drawer. Don't you dare go out and tell nobody where you got the black eyes and the fights and what goes on in your house. And she says to me, and I'm looking at this woman talking, and I'm saying, why don't she put this stuff in a garbage can and make sure she got a lid on it? Because I would never tell you about me before AA. I didn't have time anyway. So, you know, I really didn't have time. And here again, she says to me, it's the first drink. I says, oh, come on, sweetie. I've been drinking for 19 years. She says, Liz, when you pick up one drink, any type of alcohol. It is only a matter of time that a compulsion sets up inside of you that you have to go all the way, whether you want to or not. And so I understood that. Because people used to tell me, why don't you try your willpower? My willpower was take one drink, it come up. Two drinks, it come up. Three drinks, it come up. Four drinks, it come up. I'd get the fifth one to stay down. Woo! And I'm off to the
1: races.
0: (laughs) When I get that fifth one to stay down, I'm off to the races. And I'm going downhill. I see it. Three beautiful children I had by this time. Three boys, two boys and a girl. And here again, I can't stop drinking. So when she gave me the place to go, oh I can't go there. It's in the church that my children go to. So what? If it's in a church and and the priest see you, he'll know you need help. So I had my hair done. I went and bought a two-piece blue suit and off to my first AA meeting. I get inside the door, and there's two girls behind the coffee counter. I'm only mimicking them. I'm not making fun of them. You don't look like an alcoholic. I said, what the hell did I get myself into? Let me get the hell out of here. And I started running out the room. Now, when I came to AA, they kept two people at the door. When you got in here, you did not get out. No, no, they did not let you out. They sat on you. And this man hit me over here on the shoulder. And he said to me, and they didn't talk nice to you either. He said to me, what's the matter with you? Where are you going? I said, well, those girls said I don't look like an alcoholic. I don't know what an alcoholic looks like. I'm about to lose my mind, my home, my children, and everything. He said, have a seat, sweetie. You and your right, please. And I have been sitting in here ever since July the 11th, 1952. Up until today, I have not been a day without one of you in my life. On the phone, at meetings, I meet you in the street, on the planes, the trains, I meet another one. When I came to A.A., A.A. was 17 years old. We're 68 years old now. Had 150,000 members. Today we have over 3.5 million members. I've been privileged to grow with A.A. To grow with it, and so beautiful. And again, they told me not to get sober for anybody but for myself. I'm going to repeat that. You cannot do this for anybody but for yourself. Don't do it for your mother, because if I had to do it for my mother, I'd have been drunk, drunk, and drunk. My mother did not like me telling you I was an alcoholic, and she'd look at me and say, you weren't that bad. She don't know how bad I was. She don't know a thing about me, really. Here comes Mr. Bailey. He couldn't stand me sober. He took the first ten years of my sobriety. That cat worked all the time to get me back into the streets of New York. You didn't tell me to stay sober for Mr. Bailey. No, told me to stay sober for Liz. And after I spoke with Bill Wilson, he asked me to please leave him. I used the third and the 11th step, and God spoke to me like I'm speaking to you. If you pick up one drink, you don't have Liz. you pick up one drink, you don't have Mr. Bailey on this house. You pick up one drink, you have nothing. You're back on that park bench again. And so, again, I left Mr. Bailey in 1960. And I stayed away until in the 80s, I think about 27 years. But we were friends. We could talk to each other. But we were not ever any more husband and wife. I moved to a room, a room and kitchenette. I left him sitting right in everything. Because I didn't have it anyway if I was drunk. And so I went back 17 years ago to take care of Mr. Bailey in his last day. I must tell every one of you, I'm so grateful to God that I stayed sober, that I could make amends to this man who I almost crucified with my drinking. I had to stay sober and really look at the picture, because the crap that he took out of me, I would have never taken it out of nobody. No, I would not have but he took it, and I was privileged to go ho- back home to take care of him. I went to the hospital to see him, and he said to me, take my hand, and I took his hand. He says, you know, Liz, I want to thank you for saving my life. He said, I'd have been gone a long time ago if it hadn't been for you. He said, I really love you, and I screamed. I scared the patient in the next bed, and I said, He said, thank you. And that took me 47 years to hear that girl. 47 years to hear I love you. And you know what? I've got it before he left here. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I really do. And I could go. We can do nice things with our sobriety. Nice things. And so, again, my oldest son still hates my dad. He let me know that he will never forgive me or forget me. So when David was speaking last night, David was whipping the hell out of me sitting up here in the front. Because I've lived everything that David has said. And this son, my grandchildren, want him to speak to me. The one that's 30-some years old, she said, my grandmother is a lady. I want you to speak to her. He said, I'm not ready for her yet. 51 years, he's not ready for me yet. And it's okay. It's okay, because you know why? I found a God in AA that I didn't have before. And the God that I found has forgiven Liz Bailey 70 times better. So any man, woman, or child want to hold my past over my head has to be their problem. It is not mine. Because I know I have been forgiven. I couldn't have had this life. I've had nine operations in for 41 years. I've been to death door nine times. He keeps bringing me back. He keeps bringing me back. When I think I'm gone, he's got me back. I went up and had three operations in six weeks. The doctor says to me, you have cancer. I'm going to give you six months to live. I said, you're not talking to me like that. I'm in a fellowship. I'm in a fellowship that we live one day at a time. I am now 36 years an arrested cancer patient. The doctor's dead. I'm not. You've been dead. You've been there, And I'm up here still hopping planes, buses, subways, trains. I've never had a car in my whole sobriety, so don't use that as an excuse. And every night a different white dude picks me up, you know. <laughs> And I upset my neighbors to the hilt. My neighbors are very upset with me. From a drunk to this? What is she putting down? But thank God I know what I'm putting down. But I must never forget the days that I didn't know what I was putting down. I must never forget those days. And I'm very grateful. Three years ago, I had a stroke in a coma. And I sat like this. It hit me all on the right side. That's why I had to cancel out so many engagements. It was all right because I had to get better. And here again, what happened? One night I was so sick of doing this with the hand and the leg. I turned on the radio, and I love jazz. I love music. And I start jazzing with this thing. Jazz it right away, honey. I don't have no stroke no more. You see that? It didn't, it didn't disfigure me. It didn't do anything to me there's a God, there's a miracle this is a miracle that I'm talking about because I don't have to be here don't have to be here he keeps bringing me back and I'm going to keep being of service to him when God tells me to do something I do it when I don't listen to him that's when I'm in trouble told me don't go out one day and I said no I want to go out I want to pick up my new glasses and I want to get some makeup because I put a little paint to make me something that I ate, you know, that's all. And and uh, here again, I go right out. Don't listen to what God is telling me. Don't go out. I had just come off a week's retreat. Went out there and got robbed. Got robbed. I said, good for you, because you didn't listen. Thank God you got your life. Because the next day on the TV, a girl got stabbed in the subway being robbed. See? I have a son. I had a son named Dennis. I love Dennis. He was an alcoholic and an addict. And I used to say to him, Dennis, the right road may be hard, but you'll be the winner. And it's nice to be a winner. It's really good feeling to be a winner. Even my baby who won that money, and this one here too, two of them together, they're winners. And here again, I said, the easy road, the price is heavy. And, you know, he was shot and killed at 2 o'clock in the morning between two houses and five. I didn't have to take a drink like that. Isn't that wonderful? Well, I used to drink for every God-given thing. Happiness, sadness, all kinds of stuff I drank for. My father hung himself. My son shot and killed. I had an alcoholic sister. I said to her, get away from Mama. Mama's an enabler for you to stay sick. Move into a room if you have to. She left me standing on a corner. and never seen her anymore, so I looked her in the casket. She went into Manhattan and jumped 34. Left five beautiful children. They're in Texas. See? Didn't have to pick up a drink. I haven't had to pick up a drink for any God-given reason. And there is no reason for you to go back to drink. You can't give me a good one. The other day, my doctor said to me, Miss Bailey, do you go to Senior Citizen? I said, oh, no, no. (laughs) She said,
1: why not? I said,
0: I can't take the moaning and the groaning. I don't. I don't. I love them young people. I come in here for over here. <laughs> yeah, I want the young people to really get it, and those who have it, keep it, okay? Stay. So she said to me, Well, I think you've got a young mind and a young body. I said, You should know, you've been looking at me for 17 years. <laughs> She's taking care of me now with the diabetes that I have. I'm a diabetic. And God has been so good to me with this diabetes since I started off following direction, I'm not going to stand here and tell you I'm perfect, because I'm not. I fall short by the wayside sometimes, but I go right back to him and talk to him. He would and could if I asked him. And he's got me here tonight so beautiful, because I took time out for him today. I keep my life simple. I had a beautiful daughter named Judy. I stopped drinking when Judy was five years old. Judy just recently died. And three years already on September the first. I was in Colorado Springs getting ready to speak. And the girls came out to the car as I came from a meeting and she said, Liz, your daughter just died at one twenty this afternoon. They rushed me right to the airport, got me on a plane, sent me back to bury my daughter, but they mailed all my stuff from the hotel. I didn't get to the hotel. I did not have to drink or drug you don't if he could and he thinks for him take care of you i'm a living proof i wasn't going to tell this one but yesterday when i got on the plane in detroit the plane had to sit why because they were having electrical trouble and i thought i smelled smoke i whether it was smoke or not i thought i was smelling and I sat there and I started to pray. I prayed myself from Detroit to Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, I was sitting on that plane praying because I wanted to make it here. And you see, he brought me, got me here safely. And that's why I had missed the plane in Detroit and got to the gate just as she shoved the plane off. She said, I held it eight minutes, for you, But it wasn't long enough for from one concourse to another, and I got me another young dude. Put me in a wheelchair. <laughs> Ooh, he was running and walking. I tipped him good because he was running and walking. Ooh, and I I just made a fuss over him all the way to the next concourse. And I, and I, and I, the money I gave him, I'm going to show you the money I gave him for being so good to me. He went and got me another ticket to come here. He went and got me. Two food vouchers. So I got my money back. Got it right back. And I thanked him for it. Two food vouchers. And he was so happy to be with me. We just laughed and talked and run. But I made it here. That's why he had that sign for nothing. Because I wasn't there when he was there. See, I had to come in on a later flight. I had to wait two more hours. But I'm the girl that goes to any lengths. Any lengths to stay sober. Sobriety is my life. Without it, I have nothing. Without it, I am nothing. And that's just as simple as it is. I have a beautiful AA baby. I named her after AA, Adrian Anita. Because without AA, that chick would have never been around. You know that. (laughs) And she's just gorgeous in my life. She's really gorgeous. She's been a beautiful gift to me. And you know she's had twelve babies. She's lost six and she has six. I'm the grandmother of twelve grandchildren. I see them by appointments only. <laughs> I don't babysit. I'm sorry. I, I finished babysitting days. No I'm taking care of me. And I gotta tell all of you, and I think Jonathan knows it by now too, I live my life to the fullest. Every day! And there were times where I've had to bring myself into the awareness of now. When too much is going on, when everything is going like this, bring yourself in. Bring it in. And do what you have to do the next best thing. When you see me go into the ladies' room, I'm going to do first things first. And I excuse myself from the table tonight to go to do first things first. And I live the most gorgeous life. I have five great grands. And I'm living with one now who is three, but she's really 33. And she's too fresh for me. And I hope my daughter will hear to take two dogs. Because I, that little girl hit me one day and kicked me. And I hit her back on her legs. She says, I'm going down to tell my mommy on you. I said, yeah, I'm going right with you. Come on. <laughs> I'm going right with you, honey. I'll tell her too. And I went down. And I spoke to my granddaughter. I said, I have 17 grandchildren. Not a one of them has ever answered me back. Not a one of them have ever put a hand on me. And I'm not starting with yours. And I meant just that. See? And I don't want to live under evilness. They're trying to take the Lord's Prayer out of AA in New York. It will never work. Because it's been said for 68 years every day. It never works. never works. And I want every one of you to listen to those words. And I always say, if you care to say it. If you don't care to say it, don't say it and don't put a guilt trip on yourself. But he's our father. He belongs to all of us. He said, give us this day. Not yesterday or tomorrow, today. You can I can handle one day. Even break it down to five minutes, ten minutes, one hour. We can do that. And forgive those. The girl walked up to me in Dix Hills and she said, Are you sharing here tonight? I said, Yes. She said, I don't like you. I can't stand you. I said, You see them two doors? You walk out of any one you want. Nobody has ever had to come to listen to me. No, no, you're not forced to listen to me. I said, but you look me in the face. I love the ground you walk on. And she backed up and sat down. You know, and at the time I'm telling her that, my father said to me, you must forgive her. Because well, she know not what she said. She don't know me not to dislike me. She doesn't know me. She doesn't know nothing about me. She must have been drunk when she first heard me. Got sober to hear me the second time.
1: <laughs>
0: so she said, raised her hand and she said, I really heard you tonight. I said, Oh God, she must have got sober. <laughs> I have got sober. <laughs> hmm? So I don't trespass and I don't let anybody trespass on me either. Just love them to death. You can't fight love, I don't care who you are. You can't fight it. And back up and keep your mouth shut. Now I go to Al Anon for forty some years. Four, four years sober. I started with Al Anon, and I love the three C's. Yes, I'm. 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 Not, I'm in fact, next week, Monday, I'm speaking at an Al Anon anniversary. But you know, years ago, you Al Anons had a hard time with those alcoholics because you're the black belt and you everything else, you know. And I was so grateful I had stayed sober for Al-Anon and A.A. to get together. Because it is a family disease. Everybody's affected by us. They really are. I hope I'm not putting lights out.
1: Yeah, okay, baby.
0: Yeah. Al-Anon says you didn't cause it. Listen to that. You can't cure it. And you can't control it. It's called the three C's. So that you can have a good life in this AA program in Al-Anon. It is big family disease. I love Al-Anon too because it says M-Y-O-B. Mind your own business, Liz. And I got enough of my own to mind. Take care of me mentally, physically, and spiritually. That's a big enough job for me. I don't have to get the job I have many, many sponsies, and I'm glad you start to call them sponsees. We used to call them pigeons. And I hated that because pigeons crap on you. I I hated that. And I also... Never want to hear anybody who will tell me, I fired my sponsor. You didn't hire nobody in the first place.
1: <laughs> we
0: mean fired. And if you get rid of a person, do it with love. Don't, don't do it with no hate or mouth. Everybody's not good for everybody. I'm not good for everybody. I know that. Cause I will speak truth. I can't speak to please you and hurt me. I'm sorry. Can't do that. And we don't like the truth, as I said from the beginning. Every one of you have been so beautiful. Again, you light up my life. Again, thank you for being in this room tonight. Because you know I'm really living one day at a time. I'm going back up in that plane tomorrow, and the perfect love of my God casts us out all fear. I don't walk around fearful when the buildings went down in New York. Oh, Liz, I know you're not flying anymore. No, baby, I'll see you later. I'm hopping a plane tomorrow. <laughs> I get right up there with my faith. I have grown into a deep faith. And you can too. Not spiritual, not religious. Don't mix me with religion. Because you have all types of religion. AA is spiritual. The love and care and sharing with one another is highly spiritual. So give of yourself somewhere, some place, some Find something to do with yourself. Now, see, at 82, I plan to keep my motor running because I don't plan to become senile. I'm sorry, Mama Mary. I really don't. I don't plan. I want to keep living as long as God will keep me. And he's done a very good job with Liz Bill. A very good job with me. So I praise him. I love him. I thank him. And I just want to keep loving it. And I thank you all again for my life. We can do together what I could never have come this far by myself. Never. I know it. I had tried it before AA, and I never was with that. Alcoholics Anonymous is a very powerful fellowship. Don't try to play games with it. Halfway measures of value, nothing. Do it. Do it right. Be right one time in your life. Because I was like the other speaker. too. anything I planned to do, I never did get to do it. I used to plan beautiful birthday parties for Mr. Bailey. Cook, clean, everything for Mr. Bailey. And after shopping, I'd be so tired. And you know what comes behind that. I'm going to go down to the bar, and I'm going to relax, and I'm going to have a drink. And one night I said to the guy, I'm so sick of giving people cheese and crackers. He said, mash up some liverwish with mayonnaise and hot sauce and make toast and square it. All night long the guy beat me. When are you going to go home and make that? When are you going? I said, man, after the next drink. And it went like that. Everybody was to the party, but not me. Not me. And then I suffered with guilt and remorse after that. Cause here you can't depend on me for anything as long as I drink. But I love the sign, and I'm closing with this. Bill brought this sign out in Florida, and I went crazy with it. When it says, I am responsible. When anyone, anywhere, reaches out their hand for us, he wants us to be there. Thank you so much.